Stuart, you're a physicist, right? <laughs> no, I think you've... Um, here's another P word, a psychologist. Psychologist. Which is, which is quite different from a physicist. So, but, so you do different things. Because I, I, I'm also not a physicist, but I did do philosophy at oh, There's another P one. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, I mean, really, I mean, we're as, as qualified as anybody, really. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about physics for an hour. Yes. Yeah, on the basis we should, of these we, qualifications. Exactly. We should be fine, right? We should be fine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Everyone's okay. talking about physics because of the room temperature superconductor that's been, yes. that's been buzzing around the last few weeks. Yes, which is definitely real. Um, okay, yeah, so, okay, well, look, I, I'm, we're, this is where our, our lack of physics expertise might hinder us, but we're going to try and talk about what a superconductor is. Yes. And I suppose, so, we'll start out, it's, it's, it, the simple definition is, as far as I understand it. Wait a second, it, a, we, ha- well, we haven't said welcome to the study show yet. Oh, sorry, yes, yeah. you're quite right. Welcome to the study show. To I'm, st- I'm Tom Chivers from Semaphore, and you are someone. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Stuart Ritchie from The Eye, and uh, this is a podcast where we talk about, or as, as you would call it, Tom, a podcast, where uh, podcast, we talk about, hey, hey. <laughs> we talk about uh, controversial scientific issues. Yes. And what has been the most controversial scientific issue? Uh, recently, uh, well, yeah, I think it's I think it's LK ninety nine, yeah, this yeah, yeah. room temperature superconductor. So carry on. What is a superconductor anyway? Okay. I don't even know what that is. No, no, um, neither did I really. Well, no, I, I, I sort of <laughs> did. Okay, so a, a substance that conducts electricity with zero resistance. Where so that's that's huh. that's that's, that's the thing. So I'm gonna try and let's okay. So I'm th- this is me trying to remember bits of GCSE physics from a very long time ago. Right. But let's and and sort of stuff I've spoken to with various scientists over the last. 15 years of journalism and so on. But, yes. okay. So we know what conductors and insulators are, right? A conductor is a material that allows electrons to flow through it, to electrical current to flow through it quite easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, the classic example of that is um, uh, metals, which allow the flow, uh, you know, which you make your wires out of metal. Cables and wires, yeah. Cables and wires, because they pass electricity through them easily. And people who are better than, at physics than I am will remember that that's because the electrons in metals are sort of in a sort of sea floating around the positive uh, um the positive nuclei of the atoms in between and they can move very easily between the atoms so there's not a sort they're not fixed to each atom insulators are the opposite they're mm-hmm. the they're materials which resist the flow of electricity through them which so if you uh, made your wires out of wood for instance they'll be completely useless because they would the electricity would just go into them it would the would heat up heat would heat up the wood and the wood would burn. That's why if you get something gets you know trees and things get struck by lightning, they burn rather than conducting it neatly through mm. to the ground. Or um, plastic, of course, which is yeah, you wrap the wire in. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Or glass or rubber yes. or all these things. Yeah. So if you pass try to pass electric, electricity through them, the electricity is lost. Uh, the energy of the electricity is lost as heat to the atmosphere. Okay. So that's okay. that. Yeah. So now. But the thing is, there's not like a clear, definitely a clear distinction. There's not like some things that are definitely uh, conductors and some things. It's all on a spectrum and exists. The, the extent to which they resist or allow the flow of electricity is a spectrum, mm. and or even the best conductors allow lose a little bit of electricity as heat, as that bit of energy as heat. And, um, right. So I that's why your up. phone heats up when you are charging it. Yes, I, 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 I think that is correct. Yes, and 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 why you're losing, um, you're losing energy in the process, and that's sort of an inefficiency, but that we just sort of have to live with. Yes, because you can't avoid it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and the the if you want some numbers on it, we define conductors as those materials that have a resistance of below ten to the seven ohms per meter. Ten to the minus seven. Ten to the minus seven. I do apologise. Yeah. Yes, ten. Yes. Yeah, ten to the yes. Yeah, the, the opposite of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So a superconductor is 
a, a material that has zero resistance. That if you put right. uh, if you if you put your um, made a wire out of it and you made a wire that went all the way around the world, it would come. You get all the electricity back coming back coming all the way back to you as you did as you as you right. put in. You would lose precisely zero. Full efficiency and no loss to heat, which would be a great breakthrough because we we lose a lot of energy that way and we could be, make things much yeah. more efficient. Yes, exactly. It seems like a good thing. It's, they were discovered in quite an interesting way, I thought. There was this guy whose name I'm going to absolutely mangle called Haker Kameling Onus, I think, Dutch mm. guy in 1911, who um, uh, discovered it by accident. He who was the first guy to... I love when that happens. I know, I know. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Oh, listen, I, actually, I don't think it is brilliant because it would be nice if we could just predictably make scientific discoveries, but for some reason it's oh, fun. It's more fun, though. It's yeah. more fun when yeah. people are sort of looking around and, you know, look, look, just look up and say, oh, look, I've discovered this amazing thing that I was your, looking your for. Your penicillins and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you're, you're right that for the good of science, it is better when you're <laughs> yes. looking for a thing and you find it. Yeah. But it is it is sort of more fun. Serendipity is fun. Um, yeah, so he, he, he was the first uh, scientist to liquefy heat which is one of the lightest elements and he um managed to create methods of refrigerating things to like four kelvin which is minus okay help me out here Stuart, minus 269 oh, degrees uh, very very Celsius. very cold like near absolute zero of course yes exactly um, yeah because and, and, and yes yeah, we'll ca- carry on we'll get to the, yes okay the helium thing. but he, so he, he, he did this and he just was uh, I, I gather from uh, actually funnily enough not long ago there was an episode of in our time which is wonderful um which is about the discovery of superconductivity and it was mm. it was it mentioned all this and it, it, he, he was apparently ju- he was he just basically worked out how to look for helium and was looking for stuff to do with it interesting things like you know i'll cool down some metals and see what happens to them and he did that with heli- with uh, mercury and was passing electricity through it and found that below a certain temperature of about four degrees kelvin so uh, you know very 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 very, very, cold. very cold yes yeah. exactly he found that the res- he was passing he was watching watching the resistance on it, or see, tr- measuring the resistance on it and found that at some, some point it just dropped to zero and the electricity flowed through it huh. absolutely perfectly and ever since then people have been trying to find well, superconductors that work at warmer and warmer temperatures. Right, because um, lots of things can be superconductors. Like, we know we can get superconductors at extremely low temperatures, like, uh, cooled by liquid helium. And when you, like, for helium to be a liquid, it needs to be extremely, extremely cold. So, And that's very difficult to cool things to that level yes, of, it is impractical. Of, 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 uh, of Kelvin. Exactly. Um, but what we want is, is, it's funny, they call them high-temperature superconductors. Yes. But what that means is, like, only, you know, 70 degrees below zero or yeah, something. Yeah, or maybe, maybe even, yeah, maybe, like, uh, um, I think there's a threshold, but, like, mm. you could, you know, hundreds there. of degrees Celsius below yes. zero um, would would still count as high temperature superconductor. Exactly. And the record at reason, at normal temperature, at normal pressures, so that's the other thing that comes into it, which we'll get into in a second, the, the record at um, normal sort of atmospheric pressure is about minus 140 degrees centigrade, so it's right. a, a, a 133 Kelvin. Um, right. And, th- and that, right, what was that about pressures, though? So, okay, so, so it's another difficulty in making a superconductor. Yes. You can make warmer ones, and I see from your notes that the record is lanthanum, lanthanum decahydride, yes. which works at a mere minus 23 Kelvin. So yeah. you could actually... Have no, minus one... 23 Celsius. Sorry, 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 sorry. That's yes, 250 that... Kelvin. Yeah, that's a very, very different number. Yeah. Um, it is annoying that Kelvin is not... Like, cold temperatures are not negative and stuff like that. But I, obviously, it's on a different scale entirely. I find my mind doesn't yeah. quite work in the... Uh, uh, and it, it, for something to be very cold, it needs to be, uh, you know, 
For, um, for non-physicists, obviously, we as philosopher and psychologist are, you know, <laughs> honorary physicists. If any, um, if any physicists are listening to this, it's must we're be so, so sorry. embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Very, very embarrassing. Um, but so, yeah, so for the for the people who don't know about this at all, a, a, a single Kelvin is the same as a unit of centigrade or Celsius, but the scale starts at absolute zero rather than the, the, bo- bo- the melting point of water, which yes. is zero Celsius. Zero, zero yeah, centigrade. It just happens to be that they chose that particular... Yeah, exactly. So, in the, so it's a Celsius. sort of more... I mean, I guess objectively, well, well, you know, it's a sort of more logical scale to use in a way from the coldest temperature it is possible to be. Yes. Yeah. Um, but no one, no one, you know, no one's ever going to go around going, oh, it's a balmy 293 Kelvin today. Yeah. Yeah. Until, you know, let's get the umbrella out. Or, you know, not the umbrella, that doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, so yeah. <laughs> so 273. Kelvin's Kelvin is, is zero. Is zero, is, is zero. So it's yes. just, it, it just, it's just no use. Yeah, it's no use for everyday <laughs> stuff, is it? Yeah, it's not quite what we what we would want. But then maybe we sound to physicists like people who are arguing for imperial measurements. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, well yeah, exactly. The, the groat was good enough for my parents. <laughs> yes. um, they, they found these these uh, some uh, superconductors that work at much higher temperatures. But you need to have them under incredible pressure. Um, so like 10,000 times atmospheric pressure, you know, huge amounts. I found a thing, I found an article on Live Science talking about this stuff. And it said um, that the pressure for one of them work is equivalent to the interior of giant planets like Jupiter, which makes it impractical for everyday applications. Which I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's an yes, understatement. Yes, yes exactly. Nice yes, it does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and you can get, so I noticed that the the record one, which I think, people accept is mm. is real because there is some controversy as we're about to find out but there is some controversy about exactly which materials are superconductors uh, or 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 not i mean the, the uh, scientists have to sort of show each other and have to sort of convince each other with good evidence mm. i think this one is accepted uh, that the one that's minus 23 celsius but yeah. it requires like so I, I noticed a lot of the other kind of um, high temperature superconductors need kilopascals of pressure. Yeah. So like th- like pascals is the measurement, the pressure, uh, the, the the unit of measurement of, of pressure. And I noticed that this one, the very high temperature one, minus mm. twenty three Celsius, needs gigapascals of pressure. So it's like you need a million a, times, no, a billion times roughly more than so a, kilo, a kilo is a thousand, mega is a million. Right. Uh, gig- oh, giga is a billion. Is that right? So yeah. So so a million times. An awful a million lot times. of pressure, yeah. anyway, and that's extremely impractical for mm. f- when you want to actually do something with the material rather than just you know measuring it in the lab. That's the yes. that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the um, so the the, the interesting thing, or at least something I found interesting about um superconductors is they seem to be. You know, for, for those of us who tend to walk around in um, atmospheric pressure and temperatures that don't boil steel and things like that, those, mm-hmm. um, the um, there we tend to think of there being three states of matter, right? There's solid, liquid, gas, and you could like with water uh, below zero, it's in a solid, and between zero and 100 degrees Celsius, or 273 and 200 uh, and 373 Kelvin, it's a liquid, and above that, it's a gas, it's steam. Um, right. But there are actually more states of matter there's plasma which is when it's been heated so much that the 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 i think the electrons strip away from uh the nuclei of the atoms and things right. but the, so but at the the point the point is with with these states of matter the you can't predict the behavior yeah, there's a sudden phase change where, where you know you, you could heat water up and as it gets warmer it you know it might it it 
might become more less viscous or it might you know okay. um, has have somewhat somewhat different properties but basically water at one degree is not that dissimilar from water water at 99 degrees in most of its properties right you know? but then it'll um, change at 100 when it becomes a gas when it comes to yeah exactly it, it, and, and you can't easily predict the behavior of a gas from the behavior of the liquid and there's and, it, and it's quite it's sort of it's a sudden okay. state change right, right. and it, it seems like as i as i understand it the um Superconductor, uh, superconductor, or superconductivity is a fifth state of matter like that. You could, wow. you when you when you are when you cool when you cool the uh, the the, soup, the the material down to a certain point, it's it's um, it, can, it carries on conducting electricity in the in the normal way, and then suddenly there's this phase change. It suddenly there's snap. It's not that it steadily builds up or there's a slow sl- a steady increase of, of some property. It's a, right. it switches from one to the other, and you can measure that. And that that phase change is evidence in the experiments. You can you can see that in the graphs. That's why there's particular types of graphs in the experiments that show that phase change happening at particular temperatures that the the resistance just goes right down yes. to to, uh, to conducting and it has and that, that that has it has weird properties one of the the um the, the, one of them is that it won't allow magnetic fields inside the superconductor so if, if you, if, you know, mm. various things uh electrical currents ma- various magnets you know well magnets of course and and electromagnets cre- create electrical uh, magnetic fields around them the superconductor will simply not allow them within it if the, it's if it's if it's a really strong magnetic field it will break the superconductivity of the of the material and make it no longer a superconductor right. if it's not that strong it will make the uh, the, the superconductor or the, the magnet or it'll, it'll push them apart it'll, it'll, mm-hmm, what the one mm-hmm. the 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 superconductor will make the magnet levitate above it or vice versa yeah the videos uh, of that are amazing yeah we, we'll we'll put a, a link to this the, yeah. this uh it's, it's just incredible it's sort of it also seems to like pin it in place i guess because yeah. the magnetic field doesn't allow it to move left or right the meissner I, you know, effect yeah it's called meissner yeah. effect uh, but if you take a disc of a superconducting material and you put a little neodymium magnet on top of it and then you pour liquid nitrogen onto the you got to um, cool it down, yeah. You got to yeah. get to the, the the critical temperature to become a superconductor. Yeah. Exactly, and then the um, but then the one, once it reaches that temperature, suddenly the magnet will fly into the air. You know, not very, not very far, but you know, a, a few millimeters. But, but in and an, in an eerie in way, because it's things spooky. shouldn't do that, yeah. or you know, things don't, not, don't normally do that. So, well, but when, uh, the, you know, when you do see them do that with like magnets, right? There's a sort of re- it's like repelling it, so it sort of flies off in the wrong direction, uh-huh, right, and, right, right, you know, yeah. and and you can't, but it's sort of it's held in place. And yeah, it hangs weird, there. Yeah. yeah, it has real anti gravity stuff. Proper sci-fi. Uh, yeah, yeah, feeling when you see when you see it. Yeah. And by the way, you mentioned liquid nitrogen. That's that's a lot warmer than, than liquid, liquid helium, helium yeah. which is the stuff that we started with. So, so you know, w- the fact that we're we have superconductors that we can cool with liquid nitrogen is actually a bit of an advance because the, you don't. Th- that's actually that's a lot easier than hmm. than liquid helium, which is a hell of a lot colder. Yeah, which is and just requires a, all these things re- require such a long time. You know, a fa- a complicated. You need to cool down to liquid helium by using other liquid other right. yes. gases like like yeah. nitrogen to get down on this sort of long sequence of yeah. refrigerations, and it's all very uh, complicated and technical. All right, yeah, totally. so the technical stuff for what what the different state of matter oh, is doing. No, we, okay, I'm not. I'm not going to go into any depth. I'm not. I'm just going to say, <laughs> I'm, I'm just not. Like, there's apparently the electrons pair up into something called cooper pairs there were these trio of physicists um uh of whom cooper was one i've now forgotten the other two's Bardeen names but... cooper schrieffer Bardeen cooper schrieffer thank you the, yes. the Bardeen cooper schrieffer theory is is so they won a nobel prize for that in 1972 which is the theory of why superconducting happens 
Yes, um, uh, I should have written that down on my notes so I could have sounded like the clever one saying that, but I forgot. Um, but yeah, the um, but yeah, so so apparently the Cooper before the the um, he made that break made that breakthrough with Barman and Schrieffer. They um, that he he theorised the, that the electrons form these pairs called Cooper pairs, which, for complicated reasons, I'm not going to pretend to understand, move entirely fluidly between the positive ions in sort of the, the lattice of positive ions in the the metal or the superconductor. Hmm. Um, and that uh, that speed that speeds things up. But these the be- the pairs between these electron but these between these electrons that are bonded together are incredibly weak, which means which is why they need such low temperatures. If they if atoms and molecules at higher temperatures, you know, temperature temperature literally means how quickly the atoms are moving around. And yes. at higher temperatures they move around lots more. And that is the kinetic easy. theory of temperature. Exactly, yeah. uh, which I, I find fascinating and brilliant. And there's a whole thing in temp- temperature is the, the history of temperature measuring is. I seem to remember really interesting. And I would like hmm. to do it one one day. We'll do it as we yeah, say. Well, we always say whenever we come up with a scientific topic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah, exactly. So yeah, if, if, at high temperatures, the the atoms move around too much, and these uh, these pair bonds are broken up, which is why you need, generally speaking, low temperatures. Uh, so yeah, so that's 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 a sort of bird's eye view from someone who doesn't fully understand it. Yeah. Of well, the, um, but no, I think that's that's useful to know, and I, I think it's it's also worth 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 pointing out that superconductors that are made of different materials because obviously physicists are trying lots of different materials lots of different elements uh, and mm. combinations of elements to uh, see what makes a superconductor and that's kind of where we get into this whole story uh, that we're about to tell about the room temperature superconductor yes. um, uh, and my understanding from talking to a physicist about this is that different materials have have different theories as to why they are able to be superconductors. So in, in hydride superconductors, which mm. are the ones with hydrogen, and that one that we mentioned, the one that needs loads of pressure, that, that is the highest temperature yet for, for a superconductor, is yeah. a hydride superconductor. And that, I think we kind of understand what's going on there, according to the Bardeen-Cooper-Schrieffer theory. Like, we have, an, we have a theoretical understanding of that. But my understanding is that we don't know so much about how other materials, like nickel oxide superconductors, which are another sort of class of superconductors, mm. we don't have as good a theory for why they work and there's some hints that the way that the superconducting works in those materials is not as tied to high pressure and so we we might be able to like break the problem of needing high pressure if we do lots more development on those types of superconductors so at least some people think that you know the future of superconductors is in these materials that maybe don't work in exactly the same way that this bardeen cooper schrieffer theory uh predicts there's a nice line by the way um this guy burnt Theodore, Theodore, or Theodore, Matthias, who, who for a, who I, who was in, I don't know if it's still true, but for a long time he was the guy who found the most superconductors, yeah. um, and he came up with these six rules for finding them. The, the, the six rules are high symmetry is good, cubic symmetry is the best. I don't, and I assume that's something to do with the, the, the atomic formation of these things. Mm-hmm. And, it, and high density of electronic states is good. But then the other, the other things he said: keep, keep, stay away from oxygen, stay away from magnetism, stay away from insulators, and stay away from theorists. Um, <laughs> right. So, so, so he's just saying that all these people coming up with clever theories for why for what will work and what and he's just like I'm trying to try this one. Just try go to the one. lab and, and, yeah, and start exactly. testing. Yeah, I yeah. have a sympathy for that in um, in my own field of psychology research as well. To be honest, uh, yeah, yeah, I think there's a certain. I mean, you know, obviously, that when then a few years, presumably when he was quite far into his career, these the Bardeen Cooper Schrieffer 
stuff was discussed you know they actually came up with a, a proper theoretical basis for yeah. some of it that, and i'm sure that that no, no one would say that you've just got to stop theorizing but i think it, i think it's still so poorly understood you've that just trying stuff detail. out yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah so we've talked about the kind of what is a superconductor and the theory behind it and so on but why is this even relevant like why would it be exciting if we got a superconductor that could work at non absolutely ridiculously cold temperatures honestly okay so i'm i'm gonna it's one of those things that has always slightly confused me right and maybe you'll be able to but the um you know we, we when people talk about like few you know fusion power and you know yes. that we just get limitless free energy from you know for limitless sort of green energy zero carbon incredible yeah. amounts you know from that does uh, sound from quite hy- good. hydrogen that's an, and we in theory could just power everything and have as much power as we wanted and totally transform the world yes. that sounds amazing but whenever people talk about room temperature i mean it's very cool right it, it's a very cool thing the, the, the meissner effect is very cool but right. whenever people talk about it they say you know oh, it'll improve the efficiency of power grids and it'll give us better maglev trains and <laughs> you know, that be... doesn't you're not excited by that no well, it's not that i don't think these things are good but you know like it's, we get you know mri scanners will be improved like i those maglev things are trains good. are really cool they are very cool uh, the, these things are very cool but it's not like people say oh it's gonna it's gonna totally you know, transform society and i i I didn't. I don't really get that. I think it'll sort of make society somewhat better, right? Yeah. Um, like I, you've got, you've written down in the notes, LEDs. Yes. Okay. So yeah, um, I spoke to this uh, guy Tom Winty, who 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 I know is now a computational biologist, I think, but he used to be a physicist at CERN on the uh, the LHD, hmm. and he said. It's no fusion. He said it's no. It's no. It's not. It's not like. Um, right. It's not like discovering. You know. The, you know making commercial scale reliable fusion and he said it'd be more akin to the blue led discovery that um led to the nobel prize and to be clear right the discovery of blue leds um sorry the discovery of blue leds was a a great big deal because it allowed the creation of white leds which now i, I you know right now i'm sitting in a room lit by white right, you leds could, you can you can yeah you can you, you can get much more efficient hugely efficient like it doesn't uh, doesn't heat lighting, up the bulbs yeah. so you so and, and it's just so it costs pennies per year to right. heat to, right. to light an entire room yeah. you know um and that it hasn't but i wouldn't say it's transformed it's just made society lots more efficient you know lots of, you can have more things we want in the stuff we have you know in the form of so you're saying it's not the holy that. grail then to develop no. a room temperature superconductor no i mean and I, I think that's true i mean we we as far as i can tell we use you know we use superconductors and mri scanners you could ha- you could have them you could have like portable mri scanners you could have yes yeah, the, the, the reason it's difficult is that uh, the reason that, that it's difficult to have mri scanners or one reason is that mm. you need to they have a superconducting magnet in them which is which is responsible for the the kind of imaging that you get of inside your yeah. body or your brain and so on um but the reason that they're so massive is that you need to cool that down because to have a superconductor you need to have it cooled down as we've established hmm. and um if we had a, a superconductor that would work without all that piping in liquid nitrogen or whatever it is they use to to cool them then um w- w- yeah we would be we would find it much more easy to do you know internal body scans which would make medicine uh, much better and another thing that they often talk about that people often talk about in this realm is quantum computing hmm. um so th- this is the idea that like so quantum computers take advantage of the fact that 
particles can be kind of more than one thing at once uh, yeah. if you know um, if you know anything once about again it. once again revealing our d- in-depth knowledge Jesus. of physics there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. i've seen Sorry. oppenheimer i understand have you stuff. i haven't okay have well, that's a, no, no i haven't well, well. well we've, we've we've been on god this is this is not an interesting segue but we've uh, no, but we've we it's for the kids have been on summer holidays so right. we haven't like we would have gone it's, in the middle of the day at some it's point very good, you know? it's very loud um yeah, okay yeah. Oh, there's okay. lots of explosions and things that sounded like a joke, but there actually there actually are lots of explosions. It's not like an <laughs> action explosions. film, but there are lots, lots of explosions, lots of explosions in, in the film about nuclear weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah but no, but it's not shot. like an action. It's not like Transformers or something. No, no, like, no. Yeah. But they they do blow stuff up because it's a film about the atom bomb. Yeah, they do. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway, carrying uh, on. Carrying yeah, on. Um, and there well, there are even explosions artistically interspersed through conversations and stuff in ways, and you know, even when a com- an explosion is not literally happening oh, you know, right. to the characters, well, you know, they're not standing in front of a, an explosion. Uh, anyway. Yes. Not the point is that quantum computing takes advantage of the fact that particles can be in more than one place at once. And to cut a long story short, and this is maybe a whole episode we could do as well, <laughs> but to cut a long story short, they will do calculations m- massively exponentially faster than uh, current computers can do them. And as soon as the first person develops a reliable quantum computer, they will be able to crack all the encryption of every other you know, country. You know, the first country that develops a quantum computer will will have a major advantage in decrypting all the other countries' secret communications, which is quite scary. Um, so it sounds like a major breakthrough, and I would rather that you know we Didn't did it first. Oh yes, no. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say, I, I see. I, um, Scott Aronson, who's the who I think he's now at OpenAI, but he was yeah quantum. He was quantum computing guy at University of Os- University of Texas Austin or University yeah. of, uh, the, the one that isn't set up by like Barry Weiss and people. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, University the of Texas at Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, uh, I th- I think he tends to pour a bit of cold water on the fact the idea that it can will immediately crack out every code. Is that right? Oh, well, I think so. But none. But I think it will. Be, uh, you know that is. I think that is. I, I don't know. Let's 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 just park that for one. Well, this is the thing that I'm I'm uh, about to pour water on this because you know the 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 idea is that if we had superconductors, we would room temperature superconductors, we'd be able to develop quantum computing, mm. uh, which would then lead to all the things we just discussed. And, and yeah, this is often brought up in the, in the discussion. Mm. But actually, there's lots of other things that get in the way of developing quantum computing, not just the fact that we don't have room temperature superconductors. I think the the point is that the particles in the quantum computers are really unstable. And so it would be really good if you could have materials that don't emit loads of heat. So mm. that and so it doesn't sort of disturb the 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 um, what's happening in the computer, but there's lots of other ways that they can be disturbed as well that are nothing to do with that, and and so it's just not it's not a sticking point. Uh, yeah, not- I, I and so I, I actually, despite having said you know some people say that quantum computing could come from these advances in superconducting, I actually have now having looked into it a bit more, uh, it's one of the steps, but it's I, I, we're, we're, I think we're both converging on the view that a room temperature superconductor would be good, but not the massive um, utopian breakthrough that a lot yeah. of people seem to. Yeah, make I think it so. I mean, they're, 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 I, the the two things that do sound like, like I, I I read that it would it, if you managed to get one working, it could be like you know if you made all the power grids out of it, you could get like a twenty percent increase in uh, efficiency or 20 percent less energy loss, and that seems like a a big deal you know that yeah. that suddenly frees up a lot of extra power for the world right yeah um and also the one like one way it could be a big stepping stone i guess is that it does um that fusion power if it ever does happen relies on massive superconducting magnets which you have to keep chilled at 140 degrees or whatever mm-hmm. uh, minus 140 degrees um 
Right, and so if you... it might have an impact on other... I mean, yeah, quantum exactly. computing is one, fusion is another. It would have an impact on other technologies because we would just have better materials with which to make things. Exactly, and, all these cool, important things. Um, yeah. And also, when and anything like this, you, like before you have the thing in your hand that works, you don't really know what the amazing yes. uses are for. Yes, you know, you, you, no, no one sort of... I mean, maybe the... I don't know, but but it feels like you know before before you invent the plane, you can't predict um, uh, package holidays to Alicante. You know, like, right, right, right. You don't know what would happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So it might it might be very very exciting, but the things everyone always says, the ways it's very exciting, uh, don't seem to me lined up with yes the sheer magnitude with which you know they, they say oh it's you know transforms the economy, changes everything, and and then how by giving us slightly better maglev trains and more efficient efficient power grids. I mean, great. You know, yeah. it's good. It's good. It sounds good, but uh, I don't see it as a uniform uniform transform universe transforming thing maglev trains would be cool i believe there's two different kinds of maglev trains and only one kind uses superconducting but you at the moment you have to pipe you know liquid nitrogen into them yeah all along uh, the, or some the rails kind of, yeah. all along the rails yeah to cool down the superconducting uh magnets that are on the trains and you know if you if you didn't have to do that then it would be amazing Much i'd easier, love to yeah. i'd love to go on one of those trains i think they have you just love Japan. You just love Japan. Yeah, I think they have um, quite a lot of them in China as well. But um, really? I, yeah, I would love to go on a train like that in Japan. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. The Studies Show is sponsored by the I newspaper, um, for which both of us have written over the years. And yes. Stuart is currently the, 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 the much writer. admired science writer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, they don't just do science, though. Uh, although Stuart's science fiction's newsletter is excellent and oh, informative, I know. Uh, well, uh, I, I've got over my professional jealousy now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the moment there's a really interesting. We're obviously this won't be top of the site when you hear this because we're recording it a few days before it goes out. But yes. the, there is a really interesting piece by the tech writer Chris Stokel Walker about the social media app Threads, which um, whatever happened to Threads. Yes, exactly. Remember the remember who remembers threads? Who, who remembers? Oh. Yeah, it's a Peter, a Peter K gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter, yeah um, that's for, for those of you who remember twenty-year-old uh, com- uh, yeah. comedy shows. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah. So uh, th- threads was meant to be tw- Meta's Twitter killer. So what went wrong? Because apparently, and I hadn't realised this until reading this, threads had this amazing blaze of, of excitement in its first days 100 million people signed up within yeah. like five days or something like that yeah i remember uh, all those big stories all those really you know very positive stories about yeah this is it everyone's mm. moving across from from twitter to uh as it was then now it's x of course to yeah. uh, to threads yeah but as of the time that chris wrote this piece which is august 15th it was uh it was down by 79 percent from that <laughs> you know, that peak and it's just sort well, of f- faded away you know i have to say tom i signed up to threads and i posted two things one of which was complaining about threads and i've never used it ever since no i've i've signed up for threads blue sky something called post which i or the post i've never even heard of that no exactly and i have flatly refused to sign up for mastodon because i just like i just i can't be doing it. there's too many there's too, there's many. too many of them but, but, um, but the, the, this is a, this is a really interesting article uh, and explains possibly why that might be the case mm. and there's loads of things like that in the eye which is um got loads of great tech stories politics stories great uh, on british politics really really, on really great on yeah. british politics uh, has a really really insightful uh, stuff there um and also my own uh, science writing uh, mm. i assume you're interested in science stuff because yeah, so you why the hell else would you be here yes yeah. exactly exactly yeah. so you can go to inews.co.uk slash subscribe and you can find some of the offers on subscriptions and you can get uh, there are there are offers on sort of half price or uh, depending on when you're listening to this or um, cut price 
subscriptions so you can get the full digital edition and you can get the paper edition too if, if, if you're interested in that uh, for, for a cheaper price than usual. There's often deals going on. So please do uh, take a look at that and we're very grateful that the I have chosen to support the study show. Okay, we've now spent like half an hour already talking about what um, superconductors are, and we haven't yet mentioned why we're talking about. Yeah, them what, really. what is? What, why are we suddenly? Why is everyone suddenly talking about superconductors? Okay, so someone and, reckons and room temperature superconductors room, specifically. Yes, specifically. Someone, uh, well, in my notes it says reckons, but I think we can probably move to the past tense now. Reckoned that they made one <laughs> yes. um, uh, out of a, a, a lead phosphate, fate, uh, lead phosphate mineral, called an apatite. Not appetite, uh, no, like apatite. how hungry you are, but apatite, yes. Yes, exactly, uh, by adding copper, uh, so it'd be in some complicated way. Yeah, it's called uh, doping. Yes, it's, co- so it's a copper-doped so. mineral. Mm. But unfortunately, yes, uh, so I'm going to have to try and make an appetite for destruction joke at some point, but I can't, I can't, <laughs> but, but, but I can't, you know, I don't want to jump out. Anyway, the point is, um, it, so they called it LK99, named yes. after the initials of the two researchers, these two Korean guys called Lee and Kim, and LK99. They've been working on it since 1999, I think. Oh, oh, I see. Yes, yes, 1999. I, I, that's my understanding of it, anyway. No, no, the, yeah, that makes sense. I, I saw that you'd written since 1999, but I only just worked out. LK99. So it's like, it's like COVID-99. Yeah, COVID-19. Yes, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. All right, okay, yeah. And they put a paper out on Arxiv, Archive, Archive, which do you say? Archive, yeah, I yeah. say Archive. It's Archive, good. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the place you put preprints... Because yeah, the, the, un- the, the X papers. in the middle of... So it's spelled A-R-X-I-V, but the X is a Chi, like a Greek Chi letter. Oh. So it's Archive. Oh, so it should be a capital X. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, yeah, yeah enough, they okay. spell it with a capital X. Um, yeah. I, anyway, it, it's it's where you put working papers and preprints. Haven't been peer-reviewed yet, but they're new discoveries that you want to share with the scientific community and get their opinion, get their scrutiny, get their reviews of them. And the whole point is it speeds up the process of scientific discovery by not having to wait for months and months and months for things to get peer-reviewed and published in traditional scientific journals. And physicists have been using this since the 90s. Newer um, archives exist. There's now a bio-archive and a med-archive and various other ones Mm. exist for other topics, but for other fields of science. But physicists have been doing this for ages, and they they kind of commonly, they very commonly work with non-peer-reviewed papers that they sort of, they, they know are, not the final version yet mm. but are just there to share discoveries and as what well, as in this case allow people to you know go and rep, try and replicate the, the findings yeah, and, and, and see if it works yeah yes so i'm gonna i'm gonna let you pat yourself on the back here because you were skeptical of this thing from the beginning it came out to a massive furore of excitement and yeah. people and they so so and you, within hours, had written a piece for the Eye saying, eh, not sure about yeah, this. Yeah, it's funny because there, th- this comes up all the time, right? I, yeah. we'll get, we were going to come to this uh, at the end, and, and we're going to talk about some other examples of kind of hyped physics stories. But hmm. th- every other year, there's a claim of a room temperature superconductor uh, yeah. on an archive preprint paper. Um, and the vast majority of them don't go anywhere well i think uh, literally every single one of them doesn't right go. yeah yeah well i mean yeah. interestingly I room temperature and ambient pressure yeah yeah, yeah right again. exactly i mean yeah because this one there was no cooling involved there was no pressure uh chamber or anything like that this was literally meant to be a superconductor that just ha- that was literally sitting in front of you in a normal room at mm. you know 20 to 25 degrees celsius 
Um, but it goes to it, 100 degrees. They said it still works to 100. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but the vi- the video I think was 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 25. Uh, yeah. They there was a, there was two videos. There's one video attached to the paper and another video that they later sent to the New York Times, which has a big thermometer behind it and it says 25 degrees and the thing they apparently observe the levitation effect Hmm. um but this this claim is made all the time so i immediately was like oh well it's just someone else is claiming that there's a there's a room temperature superconductor that you know we need extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence and it's never been the case before outside of one the reason i said almost never there's one slight complication but we'll come to that okay um and then i looked at the paper and the paper is like really badly put together it's it's got terrible grammar uh um it's written in english yes they're korean and english isn't their first language i assume but loads of scientists whose whose language isn't english whose first language isn't english write perfectly good papers in english all the time so it's kind of Mm. like the soft bigotry of low expectations if you're like oh don't don't attack them for having bad grammar in their papers. Like, no, they can, yeah. they can just they can work with someone who speaks English, or maybe they can just you know Writing revise the paper. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And, and 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 uh and also just like weird, overblown claims in the paper that you don't necessarily see in in journal articles. So um, the, here's a quote from the paper: "We believe that our new development will be a brand new historical event that opens a new era for humankind." A new era of slightly better maglev trends. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it's it's building into the hype that we talked about before, and kind <laughs> of. Sorry, ha- you know, I should stop doing that. that but, you, yeah. but well, but the thing is, right? You're right. You're like, if if you're right about that, then that is an even more wild and overblown claim. And you don't mm. tend to. You, you, I think if you're serious, yes, you might hype up your results, your specific results, but you. It, like even the biggest hypers in 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 you know scientific papers tend not to say that they're about to enter a new era for humankind um mm. that seemed like wildly outrageous uh hype so that plus the weird grammar plus the like slightly dodgy looking figures like figures that were just a bit scrappy and just i just didn't get the impression that this was a you know high quality um product and that's just a red flag there are i'm sure papers out there that started off in really low quality mm. um states and then you know built up into more much more reliable things but it was just a little red flag in my mind i thought this doesn't look serious and what so you're it, doing there Stuart, you're doing bayesian statistics i am uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you absolutely are you had low you had low prior probability to start with yeah. and you felt that the quality of evidence was low so you didn't shift your shift your probabilities very much 100 percent, 100 percent. and then i then went to speak to some physicists i emailed some physicists and mm. because of being not a physicist i thought it'd be useful to do that and they all said well i've read the paper and it doesn't seem to have the evidence that we would require that this thing is actually a room temperature superconductor. Yeah, there's a video of levitation, but that might be explained by other things. Yeah, there's graphs that seem to maybe show um, some evidence of re- you know resistance changes, but they don't show all the other stuff that we would need to see. There are, base- there are various other things that you would want to see when you uh, have a room temperature superconductor and you're measuring whether it actually is superconducting in the lab that just weren't shown in that paper. And I thought, well, again... If you were going, if you were really serious about making a major breakthrough claim like this, you, you would cover all your bases and you would do all the experiments and report all the experiments that uh, would be required. So I, 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 I kind of took a punt on it and said, this is nonsense. It's, it's, I think I said probably nonsense. Um, and lots of people got upset with me on the internet because um, by the point at the time I'd written that, this had turned into an absolutely absurd 
circus of yeah. hype and you know overblown claims. In defence of the people who got very excited about it, there were lots and lots of. I mean, there were lots of rubbish fake videos going around on like tiktok and twitter by r- total randos yeah. who seem but to they be were getting viewed by kitchen. millions of people yeah but Literally millions. And, and people saying oh it must be real because of this you know this person on tiktok has made a like a, a, an iron filing levitate in I, mean, kitchen, it can, I, I actually can't but, emphasize enough how mad it was how, what a mad few days it was yeah yeah, but then, but then there were, you know, the, the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory, which at the very least sounds like a big deal to me, um, sim- did ran a computer simulation of the material and said that it might have superconducting qualities. Well, that kicked um, off a huge thing as well because the scientist who the uh, the scientist who wrote that paper hmm. tweeted it just with a. a, a I mean, this is I, even saying this makes me feel mad, like I'm going mad, but hmm. tweeted it just with a GIF of. Barack Obama dropping the mic. You know, he did that oh, yes. mic drop oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a famous gif of it happening. Yeah, he, from from one of the... Um, White House uh, correspondent dinners. White House correspondent dinners, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And then everyone was like, oh my God, the implication here is that this person has shown that it's definitely a room temperature mm. superconductor. And the hype began again. Millions yeah. of downloads of the you know of all these uh, things and v- views of all these videos and, and she, she did she did then so say look this is, she did say, she made it clear this was just a simulation oh, like afterwards. a day later or something she yeah, came exactly. in and said yeah. oh by but the way the, i haven't actually shown that that, that yeah. it's definitely real <laughs> but but i do and i can and, sort of and, see why you'd be excited you know, by your own meantime, work like totally surreal things started happening so not only were there these tweets saying this is a, oh, i'm insanely bullish for the future of humanity and all that sort mm. of stuff not only that but there was a, you know accounts twitter accounts like anonymous accounts that were starting to get thousands and thousands of followers and millions of views to their tweets that were writing fictionalized versions of the story as it occurred so like mit scientists have been dispatched to korea to work on the on the um the superconductor just made like just made up and sometimes the tweet said fictionalized at the top and sometimes it didn't a few days after that tweet someone said to me Oh, but they've sent MIT scientists to Korea to work on it, so it must be there must be something in it. No, that was just made up. Someone just made that up on the internet. It's like fan like, fiction, wrote like a slash fan fiction story. Yeah. <laughs> I, I genuinely think I'd be, you know, taking drugs when I see this sort of stuff, or like guzzling loads of alcohol. Like, I, I it's a, it's a, I, I found it mad. I found it really frustrating, and I also found it frustrating when other sensible people said, "Yes, there's hype." But I have looked at this, and I think that there's a 99% chance that this is a real superconductor. And betting oh, on yes. it. Yes, yeah, yeah. People, people were betting on it, and there was, uh, yeah, I did see a 99, 99.9% chance that it was real. What, the, what are you but, doing? What are you saying? You know, it's just uh, yeah. really mad. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember, like, I, 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 I didn't think, I didn't think it was crazy to think it might be real. I, I was, I think, much more, much more sort of. Um, uh, amenable to the idea than you were, but like you know, the median outcome was always this isn't going to be. I, I we're in a in a, in our DMs, I think I said a twenty to forty percent chance or something like that, and even that not wild, on, on, wild yeah. over the top. It was never more than like it was never above a one percent chance in my mind. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, either way, we, um, you you definitely win on the super forecasting side of things on that. But by the way, I've I just I'm you know it, it is it is nice to have gotten this one right, but I should say. I get stuff like this wrong all the time as well. So we all do, we all do. Yeah. But like, I mean, this this one was very like, uh, no. Like, I, I don't feel I got it wrong because I always thought this is very unlikely to be. But I, very unlike this is unlikely to. Or rather, this is the median outcome is that this is not real. But I think I should have been more confident than it wasn't beforehand. Just on on Bayesian prize, like you mm. say, on on the basic 
fact that as we'll come back to it there's a lot of these sort of false dawn things in physics and yeah. we see superconduct those i mean there's been oh well i mean you know there's been lots of fraud in this area that you, you've, well, got, we'll you've come, got the thing yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the, the, literally the day before this happened mm. there was a story in uh nature news about how a university of rochester physicist who mm. who is working on a room temperature superconductor and had claimed a room temperature superconductor um, had had another paper retracted. So I think he's had three concerns raised. Mm. There may be more to it, but my understanding is one of the papers, which wasn't about room temperature superconductors, had data fraud of some kind, like misconduct in it. Mm. One of his other papers, which was about room temperature superconductors and was published in Nature, was retracted so that other paper was retracted. This paper was also retracted from Nature because of a, a methodological issue, yep. which he claims is basically an older physicist persecuting him. But, mm. uh, sort of, you know, he's a kind of younger guy who has made a breakthrough, and he thinks someone has basically a vendetta against him, and he claims that. But yeah, you know, it takes a lot to make a journal retract an article, so I don't know the full story there. But it seems yeah. like that. But certainly, it's def- definitely true that someone claimed a. Um a superconductor, a room temperature superconductor, and have had had have had to right, retract it because of misconduct concerns. Yeah, because so, yeah, and exactly. also I think so, there were the the third thing is that there's plagiarism in his PhD thesis apparently. So like the, oh, okay. the, it didn't seem like he was a very reliable <laughs> reliable source yeah. of uh, the room temperature superconductor claim. So that was in my mind as well that like this mm. field recently has had lots of problems. Yeah. I should say. It's also had lots of successes. Um, when I spoke to physicists, they said, you know, okay, we're not, we don't have a room temperature superconductor yet, but there are lots of replications of very exciting new materials that look like they might sort of point the way, theoretically, to this kind of thing, like high temperature superconductors that are made of different materials that work at different pressures and, and so on. So, and, and there, I, you know, I've been sent a few replications. I, I can post a couple of the things that physicists sent me in the show notes just to show that there are actually advances happening in this field it's just that the things that get all the excitement are the wild overblown claims that yeah. don't turn out not to be true and indeed it turned out not to be true right yeah it did so uh, th- there was a piece in nature in the ma- in the magazine bit of nature as opposed to uh, but speaking yeah. to the physicists about what the confusion was and as i f- best i followed it and um see if you can so uh, well just just to, just to set this up yeah. Several other labs tried to replicate. Like random people on the internet claimed that they'd replicate it, right? Yeah. Uh, but they but, I mean, <laughs> God knows. You see the hilarious ones of like, I've replicated um, uh, LK99 in my kitchen. And it's yeah. like, like a tin of tuna on yeah. the floor and then, uh, then some clear, <laughs> yeah. some clear sellotape holding some up good, a rubber. Uh, you know? It must be said that was that uh, lessened the uh, my frustration was the fact that lots of people were taking the piss of it as well, which is good. Yeah, was, but, um, good. But uh, yeah, so lots of people failed to replicate it. And basically after a few days, it was clear that this material, which by the way, was fairly easy to synthesize mm. uh relatively not you know we're not, not talking um, yeah. we're not talking you can do it in your kitchen but it, but it, relatively easy to synthesize and and of course by definition doesn't have to be a, a massively high temperature or uh, sorry a massively high pressure or a massively mm. low temperature so other people could replicate it re- relatively quickly it's not like i don't know the large hadron collider or something where no. <laughs> you're not exactly going to be able to replicate that um very easily in a, yeah in a simple lab yeah, yeah exactly basically those all came out and said this is not superconducting but the question remained as to why the original people thought it was I don't think anyone thinks that it was fraud that they made it up Mm. but this paper in this uh, article in Nature 
uh, that you're about to describe yes um, comes up with some explanations yeah so as i under okay so to see if this was your understanding of it as well but they they sort of said basically that the the pure form of lk99 which one which um the max planck institute managed to synthesize found that it was not only not a superconductor but an incredibly good insulator so like so just just uh-huh. uh, yeah so just just the opposite of a superconductor just a, a, <sighs> an insulator with a resistance in the millions of ohms so you know just you just electricity doesn't go through it at all um so but why the, the, then did they think it was a superconductor but the the, the hints of superconductivity they say were because the the ma- the version that the korean team made was not a pure form and it contained um, so there's someone noticed this, again this is me trying to understand it I think this is how it goes so they, they noticed this apparent phase change in, in conductivity at 104 degrees right right um, so at 104 degrees Celsius not Kelvin um, and they thought so they thought that so this leap in conductivity that that that, that must be a, a phase change like superconductivity but um, what it apparently was was that there were impurities of a copper sulfide right in, yeah, in in the in the in the material that sort of came about through the process of making it that weren't yes. intentional exactly yeah. yeah and a copper sulfide uh, expert solid state uh, physicist solid state chemist said i wait a minute um, 104 degrees is the temperature at which copper sulfide undergoes a phase transition right. i assume i recognize that temperature yeah. yeah yeah exactly um so it would be a so, bit like saying like Wait a minute. A hundred degrees is when water becomes a gas. Maybe that yeah. expl- like you just know that temperature in your head. So. Some, yeah, something. Something. The reason something is shifting at that point is because of that. And you know, the copper sulfide changes it. It's. I assume copper sulfide in some way becomes more uh, more conductive when it goes through this phase change. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and then that it. Uh, that it, yeah. The, so 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 once once the copper sulfide went underwent this phase change, it became more conductive. And you see this. And you see this uh, leap in conductivity. Yep. But it's nothing to do with. LK99 itself being a superconductor or any sort of conductor it's uh, it's it's just it was just uh, the the stuff wasn't particularly pure oh, I, well I yeah and I don't I, what I didn't get from it was where the levitation because they, they they reckoned it levitated I I yeah. couldn't work out where that was coming from because they said it also wasn't diamagnetic which you'd think would be what was going on um or minor ferromagnetism magnetism and, and minor diamagnetism but not enough so which are you know had some magnetic properties which can make things levitate but he said not even enough for even partial levitation so i, I i'm a bit confused by that yeah where that came from so maybe we need a bit more explanation as to as to that or that maybe that wasn't mentioned things. in that, that article but uh, unless i'm being stupid but um which has happened before right but the um, well i think i think someone did reproduce the levitation maybe not through that exact mechanism that you talked about there but i think mm. someone did through a completely non-superconducting material, basically reproduce the exact sort of... It wasn't even full levitation. It wasn't like the levitation we were talking about earlier. It was. It actually had a bit of a piece of it still sitting on the... Yeah. On the, in on in the, fact, on the actually, uh, I will say yes, because exactly that was one thing that made everyone sceptical, was that the levitation was very... Uh, just sort of a little bit was sort of half, half taken off, and the, and right. they, the uh, they other other teams than the Max Planck one, which did that one, do say, do think it's something to do with its ferromagnetism. Uh-huh. Yes, um, right, right, so exactly. Just, so there's yeah. maybe still some disagreement about exactly where you get these. Yeah, but uh, it's just not a superconductor. I, really I think, isn't. I think Sorry. Be, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not your fault, Stuart. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so anyway, but, but I think let, let's just you know in the last little part of the of the recording today, let's just talk about some of the other examples of where there's been false dawns in physics that add to that Bayesian prior against mm. new discoveries. Now, of course, you shouldn't just 
say every new discovery is must be false because because there have been previous false discoveries because then you would actually miss genuine breakthroughs unlike superconduct- superconductivity itself right right, like, right. The, the 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 dutch guy whose name i mangled earlier yes um hiker cameling honest discovered it as a as a freak right, right? exactly freak so yeah. you know we you, you can't say your your skepticism that high so you have to include other things too but there is a history of these things and i think the most relevant thing in physics like the most relevant like false dawn in physics because the story is almost exactly the same, except pre-internet, is the cold fusion story from 1989. Hmm. Um, so these two physicists, one, I think, British and one American, called uh, Martin Fleischmann and Stanley Pons. Fleischmann and Pons is a, f- f- like, a sort of a watchword name. for scientific... Uh, yeah, they're great names. Yeah. And um, that's sort of a watchword for, for scientific errors. They claimed, and they did, a, they did a press release, that they had found... Cold fusion, that is a, a, a fusion reaction that created more energy, that, cre- that created energy um, yeah. without having to have it at absurdly high temperatures or even in a reactor. They were just doing it with chemicals in a mm. test tube. Uh, with, with heavy water, um, which people people were you know um, were really surprised by this because of course the big thing about about fusion is that it's incredibly difficult to get it to happen. You need to put loads of energy in to get even a tiny amount of energy out, and we haven't um, solved that issue yet. Where mm. what we would want is to just you you know create this reaction and then get massive massive amounts of energy for free out of it. That's the kind of holy yeah. grail. You there. have to basically build a star inside a bottle. Right. right exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And normally fusion reactions happen in places like stars. And what they were saying was that the fusion reaction happening in their lab in a test tube. Yeah, in a test tube full of water. At yeah. room temperature. And so there was this massive furore about it in the press. And, and, and it's so similar. You know, had there been social media at the time that this happened, you would have got, this, you would have got a similar thing to LK99. 99.9% sure it's real. Definitely, definitely real, yeah. definitely real. And then you had all these random people all over the world writing letters saying, I have, I have replicated this. You know, Fleischmann and Pons is sort of known as a cautionary tale, but clearly not known that well as a cautionary tale because exactly the same thing happened with LK99, pretty much. But with I mean, just in fairness, the, 30 years later, 34, you know, yeah, th- exactly. 34 years of people not making that exact co- exact cock-up. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but maybe uh, there's a reason f- to spread the word about these kind of uh, stories yes. from the, uh, the recent past. Yeah, um, my, my favourite was... Um, 20 years later than that, 22 years later, was the... Do you, do you remember the faster-than-light neutrinos? Of course. Yes. Particle accelerator in Geneva sending a stream of neutrinos, so um, very hard to detect low-mass particles from uh, Geneva to a detector in, at the other side of the Alps in Italy. Yeah. And uh, neutrinos arrived according to these stupendously accurate atomic clocks that they had. Did, you know, one, you know, in, one in Italy and one in Geneva saying what, and if they arrived 60 billionths of a second before they should have done, Uh-oh. which implies faster than light because the, you know, the, they, the, the time, light could not have got between them that fast. And th- that wow. would have been such a huge deal because it's this utterly central axiom of all modern physics that nothing can go faster than light right. um that if you uh, the relativity says that the the faster a a, a, phys- a physical massive object goes you know even even like a a neutrino or an atom or a, a, an electron the faster it goes the more mass it gets trending towards an infinite amount of mass as it reaches light speed so yes. you know, so uh, at 99% of the light speed will be a lot of mass but not at, at um at actual light speed will be infinite mass and obviously it takes in, infinite energy to reach infinite to 
get something of infinite mass to, to accelerate something of infinite mass so it would have re- re- just re- required a huge rewrite everything, of all physics yeah. everything see you yeah. later Einstein yeah. yes exactly yeah. everything well, yeah, it was Einstein's 1905 spe- uh, special theory of relativity that came up with that and it yeah. would have been um, that would be out the window yeah you have to re- re- do everything so yeah. post-1905 post would have just been out of the window and um you know, once again, your Bayesian priors should be should be uh, should be low on that. You yeah. know that everything else says this, and this one result says that. Yes. And it turns out um, that what had happened was that a fiber optic cable in one of the clocks had not been screwed in properly, and it delayed a laser <laughs> signal by seventy five nanoseconds. And you know, uh, the, I, I remember that coming that whole story coming out. Yeah. But I also remember that it was cautiously described like the physicists who found this were like we have made a weird dis- uh, you know anomalous mm. discovery and we don't know if it's right and we need other people to check it and it wasn't like we have made a massive breakthrough that will lead to a new era for humankind it was like yeah. can Plus someone else travel. check this because this is really weird yeah, yeah, and then yeah. someone and, did, and, and yeah, and it turned out it was a, it was a it was a mechanical error. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, and, and, and the other thing, right, in their defence, because that wasn't exactly that. They were much more like, wait, 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 this this can't be right. We're physicists too. We know this can't be right, yeah. but something's gone on here, and we can't explain it. Uh, they couldn't not publish it, right? They you couldn't like go and say, well, my Bayesian priors are this is probably not real, yeah, so, so I'm just going to have yeah, to yeah, bury yeah. it. Yeah. You have gonna... to say something's weird here. Yes. Yeah. And the, I think the newspapers wanted to get very excited about it, but the physicists on the whole, you know, I, I remember writing, I think I wrote about it at the time, it's a long time ago, I'm very old, but the, um, <laughs> I, I feel like it was, uh, you know, the, the newspapers wanted to say faster than light, but on the whole scientists going, well, no, no, yes. no, come on, this obviously something weird's happened. And then a few weeks later, yeah, yeah Indeed, it turns something out, weird yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and again, not a, not a, uh, um, deliberate fraudulent thing or anything just just a basic just a mistake there Mm. have been cases of fraud so in 2001 2002 ish there was the jan hendrik schoen affair where Mm. uh um a semiconductor physicist so not superconductor but semiconductor semiconductors are the materials that are in all sorts of circuits they're massively important um we need them for almost every advanced electronic device they're why Taiwan is so important because they make loads of superconductors there. So one, literally one halfway reason. between a conductor and, and an insulator, aren't they? The right, that, right, and yeah. you can switch them depending yeah. on temperatures. And, and they're, they're massively important and they get smaller and smaller as time goes on. And what you want is smaller and smaller superconductors. And what this physicist at Bell Labs, Jan Hendrik Schoen, he claimed that he had developed a semiconductor, like a transistor, which is a type of semiconductor. Mm. So again, hugely important part of electronic circuits that operated on the level of a single molecule, like you could switch it, switch a single molecule. And um, that could have made major advances in electronics, but also in things like nanotechnology, which obviously has to be very, very small. Um, And he had loads of papers, both in science and nature and lots of other places too. He was a massive rising star. And there's no time to go into all the details of the story. There's a whole book on this called Plastic Fantastic. I also read about it in my book, um, Science Fiction. He made it all up. It was all fraudulent it was all just faked i'd love to know what goes through the brains of people when they're doing that yeah sort of stuff. well he made a statement i think i quote it in, in in my book he made a statement about what it was and he he kind of basically believed it was real himself and then he kind of just wanted to give the data a little nudge because they didn't show him what he what he was expecting but anyway actually you know we will we will definitely i know this, we've said this many times before but we will do a whole episode on scientific frauds where that might come up um, and just one final thing to mention, um, possibly mm. the most recent kind of major false dawn in physics, or certainly 
something which has been claimed to be a big discovery which hasn't turned out necessarily the way it was claimed is this Majorana particle. Hmm. Um, not the marijuana particle. That's, oh, uh, that's, well, yeah, <laughs> that's something different. Majorana uh, or Majorana, maybe it's maybe. I think it's. I think, I think it's Majorana. Like, like, because it's isn't it a um, isn't it's an Majorana? Italian is it? Or maybe it is. But it's. Oh, okay. So it's not, uh, okay. Fair enough. So may, may, it's Majorana. an Italian physicist called was named after Italy, the, um, Majorana, who um, in the 1930s theoretically predicted oh. that there's the, that this particle must exist. So we're going back mm. to you know. You know, we're going back to Oppenheimer times, mm. uh, and you had all these genius physicists all working things out. And this Italian physicist predicted that this particle existed, and it wasn't until the 2010s, the 2010s, that people started to find evidence for this, or what they thought was evidence for this. Mm. But since then, this so was about 2012, I think, was the first big discovery, and people were saying, "Oh my goodness, we're going to have to add a new." Um, particle to the list of particles you know how there's leptons and bosons yeah, the standard and all that. Model. we're going to have to add exactly we're going to have to add a new particle to that to that uh, list it's similarly to you know the higgs boson was predicted f- for many decades and then we, mm. we got the technology and we were able to actually discover it many decades later but actually it turns out that the studies and i think this is still a matter of major controversy but the studies in the 2010s basically didn't show all their data and if you look they, they were basically selective about the data that they put in the papers uh so there actually been multiple retractions from nature um and possibly other places too because the scientists didn't show us a, 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 a full picture of what they were doing and they selected basically the best observations that seemed mm. like they showed this majorana particle when actually that wasn't the case and um if you looked at the full data there's a really nice article by um, a physicist called Sergei Frolov uh, in Nature, and he says a significant fraction of the Majorana field is fooling itself, and he talks about quantum computing's reproducibility crisis, yeah. which made me feel good because, you, you know, you don't think the reproduci- you think of the, the reproducibility or replication crisis as a, a big problem in soft science yeah, like psychology, psychology, sociology, medicine to yeah. some extent. But yeah. here it is in the Physics. hardest of hard sciences, particle physics. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we've had these retractions. And, you know, apparently once you look at all the data, the Majorana particle is not necessary for explaining what is seen in these uh, in these experiments. And so we don't have clear-cut evidence of it, and it may not actually exist. So um, uh, the, just another example of where even, you know, very smart physicists who are doing extremely complex experiments in very, you know, expensive labs uh, might be subject to the same sort of pressures that everyone's under to slightly hype up the results publish and, or perish yeah must be hard of them though because the they've stuff. got so much data uh, whereas you guys can you guys can like do it with 17 undergraduates whatever Indeed. and, and Indeed. say that oh look we've discovered that they all Indeed, know, but we're all and, once you drill down to it we're all like biased humans uh, uh underneath you're all frauds uh, um, well yeah. no you're not you're there's a line mean, there's a yes. line at which it becomes fraud or maybe there isn't it's a very blurry line yeah, no, that's not that's not fair. There's and there's a lot of pressure, on, like you say, there's a lot of pressure on scientists to find stuff, yeah. and and they are humans who need to who have to build their careers and everything like that. Yes. And, and and you know people make mistakes and people get overexcited and people get biased and things. But yeah, but so, I mean, we've, I think we've basically comprehensively shown that all of physics is a lie now. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have uh, to believe in time cube now. Yes, exactly. So, but so yeah. So I mean, it is lots. It's lots of. So, but the LK99 thing, I think, is just is is just a mistake, right? It's yeah. it's not real. I don't think fraud is necessary to explain it. No. Although I think there were some hoaxes online in the, the videos and stuff that people were passing around, mm. were clearly, you know, dodgy. 
Yes. Um, and like you said earlier, or like we were saying, there's there were plenty of reasons to be sceptical even before you knew anything other than someone's claimed they found room yes. temperature, ambient pressure. And certainly more reasons to be sceptical if you knew anything about the physics. But, but, you, but you didn't even need to know about the physics to, yeah. to, uh, to, to, to think... You know, you didn't need to know the specific physics of superconductors to think. Well, I'll just, just you know, let's just be careful about this because it all looks a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because you definitely didn't know the specific physics certainly, of superconductors. Certainly I don't know. I don't. I don't even know them now, Tom. No, no, exactly. We just said a lot of words, didn't we? And and <laughs> I barely connected them to our brains. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was it was it, the correct attitude early on was skepticism and and like the. There's, you know, we're talking about you shouldn't have your set your skepticism too high. There's a great phrase from Bayesian statistics by Dennis Lindley, who was one of the pioneers of sort of use of Bayesian stats in science. And he said, yeah. he called the Cromwell rule, right, named after Oliver Cromwell, <laughs> and, it, and it's from a quote from Oliver Cromwell, which is, um, uh, "In the name of God, but think it think it possible that you might be mistaken." Uh, right. So you know, just never set your pro- think you know think never set your probabilities to zero or one hundred because then you can't you can't update away from that. It's impossible. Right. You should always include the possibility that you're wrong. And so right to be so maybe there's a chance here, and as more evidence comes in, I'll shift it. But your, your starting point for these things, and as most of the experts were, the physicists were, like you were saying, they were like, I I, I need to see a lot more evidence for this. Yeah, and I think I, I think this it. is a case where you know I'm often skeptical of like the experts say because of mm. all the stuff that we find in this podcast where if you look at the data actually it's you know it's not not quite as good but actually in this case the experts were pretty much spot on they were like well we'll need to see replications but it doesn't look particularly convincing i will also i i know this is a bit it's a bit grumpy old man of me but when a physicist tells me that something in physics isn't possible i am less skeptical of that than <laughs> i am of like when a when a psychologist or a sociologist says ah but if you look at these this yeah. data from um, you know uh, studies on mechanical turk or, or looking at undergraduates we find that you know video games make people more aggressive or something i, I i'm i'm much more skeptical i'm my skepticism is set much lower for physicists talking about physics not completely to zero but it is uh, i sadly you know, agree with that yeah. uh, as a psychologist yeah. i have to be yeah. upset about that but yes it's true i have i have physics envy in that respect i would like that to be uh, true of, uh, yeah. uh, true of my own field yeah yeah. All right. Well. Okay. So, that's it. That's it. Um, we should say goodbye. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. Should thanks also say- for thanks for listening. Yeah. The, the, um, if if you're just listening to this uh, and you aren't already subscribed to the study show, then please do subscribe on. Uh, you can do it on Substack at uh, thestudyshowpod.com. You can uh, be a free subscriber. Or you can be a paid subscriber. There's various different options if you're feeling very generous. And uh, we're going to be announcing, I think, today as we're recording, but by the time this comes out, it'll have been in mm. the past, some of the exciting options for, um, some exciting extras, I should say, for paid yeah. subscribers. But you can also subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you download podcasts, including you know places like Apple Podcasts and so on. It would be really helpful for us if you left us a review um, on one of these places. That helps kind of tune the algorithm. And also if you just tell people about it. I find out about loads of podcasts by people saying, hey, have you listened to that podcast about XYZ Mm. thing? So please do spread the word. We'd love to... Um, reach more people and it's been it's been great fun so far and we're uh we're we want to we we're wanna... very grateful for all the support yeah yeah we we're, we're, we're very grateful so so thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you next time okay thank you very much guys thanks Bye-bye. bye